Good morning, and welcome to a Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Today is Monday, January 17, 2022. We are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter A Vision for You on page 159, the third paragraph, beginning with a year and six months later, and reading through that one paragraph only. Today's readers are Gina F., The Twelve Steps, Nancy M., The Twelve Traditions, and our big book readers are Janice P.M. is reading the text, Kathy S. is reading page 164, and uh, our newcomer greeter is Nancy C., and our second hour moderator is Karen K. The share ID for Sunday, January 16th, 2022 is 18,413. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gina F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Gina F., compulsive overeater in Connecticut, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Gina. I will now ask Nancy M. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Nancy M. in Florida, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience, 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter of Vision for You on page 159, the third paragraph, beginning with a year and six months later, and reading through that one paragraph only. I will now ask Janice PM to begin reading. And thank you, <clears throat> pardon me. Thank you so much, Rick, and, and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice PM. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. A year and six months later, these three had succeeded with seven more. Seeing much of each other, scarce. An evening passed that someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and a place where new people might bring their problems. 
Okay, so you can see this is historic. This is history, how they, how AA grew, grew at a snail rate because, of course, they didn't have the book yet um, in 19, I believe, 39. That started with the Oxford group, and, you know, then they split. But just imagine, in 18 months, how did this grow to 10? Well, it grew with the recovery, the recovered alcoholic. It started with one, then it went to two, then it went to three, and then it went to seven to ten. And this is telling us that this is service. This is how it grows. But how did it grow really? Well, it was the attraction, wasn't it? It was the attraction of recovery. That was the attraction that you know, like the alcoholic, they, they didn't drink or they didn't, they had a spiritual life. And that's the message that they were thinking about how they could spread it. <clears throat> so they got, a, they um, were so happy uh, in their release. Well, I was ecstatic when I, you know, when I got some time and I didn't have the, uh, the compulsion to eat compulsively. Because my mind, it's like my mind was now released from prison. My, the obsession of the mind, you know, was released. And who gives, it, who gives this increase anyway? How did it start? Did it really start with Bill? Well, yeah, but before Bill is really not the founder. I believe that God was the founder. He instilled in Bill, and then Bill gave it to, to Bob, and, you know, Dr. Silkworth gave it to Bill, etc. But it came, see, this is a prophecy. This is God's vision, I believe, for us. And this is the sponsor's duty, too, to, uh, you know, carry this message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. They did so that they became a unit. They met. They met in a home. And, you know, what did they meet for? To get people sober? Not so much as to share the spiritual life. And that was the solution to all their problems. As we know, who are recovered today, that it works in every, every nook and nanny of my life. If I use these 12 steps, the solution. Because abstinence is not going to get it only because it didn't happen for me for a long time until I was into the 12 steps of the solution. The obsession was driven away by a power greater than myself. So, and they're all, it's just like a vision for you. It started with... Gentle reminder? Yeah, certainly. I have to get this in about a vision for you. It started with a few of them people and then it grew and they're always uh we're always thinking of ways that we can help the newcomer and uh it's just a miracle because god is in this and with that i pass thank you thanks so much for getting us started janice before we get our first group of names just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Harlan G. Harlan. J.L. Sorry, who is this, the uh, woman right there? It's J.L. 
Okay, Melissa C. And then was it K? Faye from the UK? No, hi, Rick. It's Faye. Faye L. Oh, sorry. Okay, Faye. Got you, Faye. Claire E. from the UK. And got you, Claire. So I've got Harlan G., Melissa C., Faye L., Claire E. Anyone else? Roz G. Roz G. Anyone else? All right, we're going to go with this lineup here. Uh, Harlan G., you are up, followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Harlan. Thanks, Rick. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. If I take this... Uh, Harlan, you um, need to remute yourself. You uh, just, I mean, unmute yourself. You got um, muted. Can you there. hear me now? Am I okay? I can hear you now. Yep, you're good okay. to go. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm, I'm uh, Harlan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, if I take this to be a textbook, which I do, then there's a lot to learn in this one paragraph. The first thing I want to learn is that progress was painfully slow. This is January of 1937, because everything started in June of 35. This is January of 37. They had 10 people in the world sober. But let's take a look at what the real lesson here of this paragraph is. It's telling me what a meeting is for and, by definition, what it's not for. Let's take a look at what it says here. It says, <clears throat> happy in, a, a little gathering of men and women, happy in their release, and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. In other words, they didn't sit around moaning and complaining about, oh, I have no money, oh, the dry cleaner ruined my pants, oh, uh, my shoe got a stain on it. How can we bring this message to someone else? Because that is the essence of the work that we do. That's what it's all pointing toward. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. They didn't meet every day like some of us have today. They usually met once a week. In Brooklyn, the meeting at Bill's house was every Sunday. Then it moved to every Tuesday. They didn't meet every day like we do today. We sort of take that for granted. Then it says, aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. When they say where they may bring their problems, that does not mean that they sit around and say, the car mechanic screwed up my car or my wife is nagging me again, or something like that, some nonsense like that, Narishkite. What they're talking about are new people bringing their problems with alcohol, with being an alcoholic. That's what they're talking about. So the purpose of a meeting is to talk about how we can spread the message. There's an old saying, it was appropriate when I heard it in 1979, it is as appropriate today. I bring my mess to a sponsor. I bring my message of hope to a meeting. It's very, very important for me to remember. 
I want that attention. Oh, poor me. <laughs> oh, call the ambulance. Somebody didn't stick to my script. This Just is not a place for that. I'm going to pass with this. Bring my mess to a sponsor, I was told. Bring my message to the meeting. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Harlan. Melissa C., you're up next, followed by Faye L. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for your service this morning. And good morning, everybody. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered <clears throat> compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And I'm just going to set my timer. Um, you know, when I read this, I, I think a lot about, I know a lot of us were at that the um, birthday party celebration this past weekend, which was phenomenal. And, um, you know, I have the pleasure of being close friends with people that organized this thing, that put this thing together. And this is a labor of love. These people do this service um, with, like, true passion and love and joy. And their eye, you know, all the conversations that I've had with the people that were involved in putting together workshops and asking people to do different service was constantly thinking about the newcomer, constantly thinking, how can we carry this message? to people who are still sick and suffering. And, um, you know, when I, when I hear that, when I see that, it's just, to me, it's just another demonstration that this program is um, really about getting out of the business of thinking about me and really getting into the business of thinking about others. And that I came here, I think, like, you know, like so many of us, so self-absorbed. I just wanted you to fix me. I want you to go to a meeting, give me the diet, you know, listen to my cries, you know, um, turn me turn me into a thin person and then let me get out of here so that I don't have to do anything with any of you. And, you know, what happens is if you work these steps, the way that they're outlined, following directions, your insides get rewired. My heart has been changed so that... You know, I've got a dear friend in this program, and we love to sit together and put their ideas for for our workshops, for things that we want to do and discuss, and um, that my joy today is not by getting all my needs met, but it really is about carrying this message because um, I've been saved, you know, And, and I read this, and I love that Harlan said, yeah, we find out what the purpose of a meeting is, um, to get together constantly, to get together frequently, to demonstrate joy. If you go to meetings and hear our sob stories, what kind of message are we selling? And so, um, of course, we want newcomers to feel comfortable, to have a spot to ask their questions, to get their questions answered. But the real difficulties that they're having in their lives should mostly be focused you know, with their sponsors and not and not public. Um, that that's what we have inventories for, and inventories. Fifth steps are not meetings. You know, fifth steps are private conversations. So, thanks so much, Rick, for your service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Fayel, you're up next, followed by Clary. Go ahead, Fay. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rick. Thank you so much for your service. Um, I was also on the OA birthday party all 
all weekend, and I'm still so full from it, just so full of love. And um, I was, Melissa just said exactly what I wanted to say, but when I first came in, I was thinking and, and just sort of realizing that this is an altruistic movement, that the whole point of this movement is helping others and that my recovery lies in being of service to others. And I saw, wow, these people are so self-sacrificing. I couldn't believe how willing people were to help, to help me. I just showed up and asked for help and was surrounded by love and support. And then I thought, oh, I see. Well, well, they're doing this because this is what they have to do to survive, right? This is what they have to do to stay alive. You know, they have to spread this message in order not to die. And then I started to recover. And my first agreement with my sponsor, who I adore, she said, you know, my only, the only thing I ask of you is that you will give this to someone else. When you get this, that you will give it to someone else. And in the beginning, it felt like a big ask, like, oh, well, I'm so busy and, you know, I have so much to do and I, I want to be of service, but yes, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be a big sacrifice. And, and of course it does. I've been told if you're doing it right, it does pinch a little, right? It does pinch. We are of service, you know, we are sacrificing ourselves. But what I've learned as I have recovered and I'm recovered in New York, by the way. What I've learned is, as I've recovered is it's my greatest joy. Like, oh, my gosh, I get to watch people recover. I get to watch my sponsees change. I get to watch the, the light come into their eyes. And I get to watch their relationships heal. And I get to watch them fall in love with their jobs. I get to watch them fall in love with God. I get to watch people change and I get to be a part of it. And it's so beautiful and I'm so grateful that this affliction, this, my darkest secret, my greatest shame, my deepest guilt, my deepest, darkest, most embarrassing, humiliating thing, this food problem has become my greatest gift because it brought me here. It brought me to God. It connected me to other people. Thank you so much for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Faye. L from New York. Clary, you're up next, followed by Roz G. Go ahead, Claire. Hi there, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Um, yeah, what a paragraph. I'm. Um, I'm probably just going to repeat a little bit of what's been said, but what, what really struck me when we were reading this was, um, you know, the purpose of a meeting. And I came into OA many years ago now in um treatment centre. Um, and I don't know if I was taught or whether I just picked it up, but my, my, um, my modus operandi when I left that treatment centre was, I think I'd been told, you know, don't leave it at, don't take it home with you, share it at a meeting. And I did, I really did for years. I would go to meetings through relapses and everything else and I would dump, I would dump all my stuff at that meeting. 
And I remember one meeting where I was telling them all about how awful my binging had been the day before. And um, I remember one girl, she got this great big smile on her face and she said, I've just had a graph attack and I could have killed her. I was, oh, well, great. I'm very pleased my misery is fueling your gratitude. Um, but it took quite a long time for me to hear. Um, I think it was a sponsor actually that said to me in the end, you know, that exactly that, take your, take, you know, bring the mess to me, take your message to the meeting. Uh, not that I had much of a message at that point, but it was very much, you know, maybe take focus off yourself. Um, think about what maybe someone new needs to hear at that meeting. Um, and um, it revolutionized how I went to meetings and my attitude towards them. Um, and I also remember moving house as well. I moved, um, I moved up the country and, um, and I remember saying to the sponsor I had at the time, you know, I, I, I don't really know anyone at a meeting. And she said, you know, you don't go to a meeting to make friends. You go to a meeting to share a message for a newcomer. And, you know, the friends and fellowship for me have always been, you know, a, 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 a brilliant, fantastic sideline of this fellowship. But, I, you know, I'm always reminded that my primary purpose at a meeting, and it even says this, you know, the prime object, this is primary purpose stuff, is to carry a message to the newcomer. And it really helps me when I'm sharing to um, just to really try and um, have had a conversation with a newcomer, try and put myself in their position, think about what I might like to hear. You know, what do they need to hear? Do they need to hear about abstinence? Do they hear the steps? You know, how do you do it practically? What do you do? How do you find a sponsor? You know, share my experience, strength and hope, identify in. And, you know, if I can do that, first of all, it calms my nerves, definitely, because I'm thinking about someone else rather than me. Um, and secondly, I leave the meeting feeling better, however I've been feeling into walking into that meeting. You know, if I, if I share about how awful I feel, um, I never feel better. <laughs> if I try and carry a message and help somebody else, I, I guarantee will leave that meeting feeling better. Um, so that's just my experience and what came to me reading this, this paragraph. Um, yeah, so I will leave it there. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Clary. Roz G, you're up next, and we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Roz. I mean, sorry, Claire. Oh, wait. <laughs> Roz, I'm having a moment here. Okay. Go ahead, Roz. You can have as many moments as you want. <laughs> Hi, this is Roz G, and I'm a, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And in the first week of January of 2002, I attended my first OA meeting. So if I can do my math right, it's been 20 years since I've been in Overeaters Anonymous. And I've had two years of um, abstinence, over two years now. It'll be three in July. So it took me a while to get abstinence. But um, uh, the first um, meetings in my town that I attended on a weekly basis um, were a lot of just people just sitting around talking about um, their problems. And I, I w that was my impression of what OA was. Um, I really didn't understand, you know, the big book sat on the counter um, and it was a part of the literature table, but it really was never opened. And my first sponsor, you know, asked me to read the big book, um, two pages of the big book a day. And, you know, I'm very grateful for all those people and all those meetings. I'm not complaining about them, but I never, I never understood what I, what my problem was. And um, I just, you know, I stopped eating sugar for 30 days and then continued on after that because she told me, well, I want you to abstain from sugar for 30 days. So that was the gist of the meetings there. And 
you know, fast forward to today where there's a meeting everywhere in the world, probably at any time I want because of Zoom, because of Zoom. There's, a, you know, instead of meeting once a week, there's a meeting all the time. And um, I, attend, I attend meetings, I think, every day. And I love meeting with people who have the goal of, of, of wanting a spiritual experience. And I love how all the meetings I attend personally ask for newcomers either before the meeting or after the meeting. Newcomers are always given a chance to introduce themselves um, and when I joined Vision for You, and in fact, any meeting that I've ever been to at OA, whether it was big book centered or not, was always, I was, you know, there was always time for a newcomer. And when I joined this meeting, this is where I found my true abstinence, you know, I really have, I have to say that Vision for You has been the place where I found abstinence, where I found a spiritual way of life. I'm so grateful for that. and. Um, I just, I'm so, I love meeting with people who have a primary passion, the primary purpose, who are seeking a spiritual, you know, solution. And that, yes, that I come to the meetings to talk about the solutions. Once in a while, I may bring up an issue that's in my life, but I always, um, because of the directions, it says, you know, if you have a problem, share how you use the steps to solve the problem so that I don't have to feel guilty about feeling bad about something. Okay, Rich, I gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you, and I pass. All right, Roz. Gee, thank you so much. And, uh, wow, thank you, God. I prayed for humility this morning, and I'm getting some. Yay. So before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, A Vision for You, page 159, third paragraph, beginning with, a year and six months later, and read through that one paragraph only. And so we value everyone's experience. We ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Loretta H. Hello, Loretta H. Gotcha. Hi. I missed the one after Loretta. Who was that? N-E-T. And uh, how do you spell your uh, first name? I say Virginia. Virginia T. Oh, Virginia T. Liz E. UK. Liz E. Okay. Who else? I've got Loretta H. Virginia T. Liz E. We've got room for some more names. Love to hear for uh, a few more here. Devorah S. Devorah S. Okay. Anyone else? All right. Well, we'll go with these names, and then I'll get uh, some more. Uh, we have Loretta H., Virginia T., Liz E., Devorah S. Um, all right. And uh, just remember to include uh, the state you're from, Loretta H., you're up uh, here, followed by Virginia T. So go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, my friend Rick, classmate and teacher, and all of you on the line who saved my life along with my precious God, Red H. Recovered in North Carolina. One of my 
favorite sentences. And when I first came into the rooms, I found it in the big book, which is, and I use it all the time, sometimes as a starting when I do qualify, because this is my purpose. And it's on 124, and it says, showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes our life seem worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. And I also feel that I can avert death and misery for me. Um, because I honestly believe that carrying this message is the purpose of my life today and that it is the gift that keeps on giving and it's like the commercial. It's priceless because without that uh, unselfishness, because I, my, in my step four, selfishness is one of my greatest, greatest defenses of character. And dishonesty and self-seeking and resentment. And this is the way I learn how to give back. But then also I learn from other people how to receive. Because like I said, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's, it, it's your immunity against that first fight. It's your immunity against annihilating somebody at your work it's it's just it works because as you do a 10 step or whatever is going on then you are to call another pe- person people today and ask them how they're doing what is going on with them instead of being in the boohoo mood and i am such because i don't like to carry the mess i it just makes the mess bigger but the message is what, as other people, is the altruistic movement of this um, fellowship. And I would not be here today without my sponsee, nor would I be here without my sponsor, because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's not the disease that gets bigger, but it is the love, because all of this is about loving somebody else more than I love myself. And it's it's selfish, but it's also altruistic, and it's the greatest thing we have. And the new thank you, the newcomer is the most important person because then he can go on and carry it too. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta H. Virginia T. You're up next, followed by Liz E. Go ahead, Virginia. Um, thank you very much. Can you hear me? I sure can. Excellent. I'm um, I'm Virginia T, and I'm Kingston, Ontario, Canada. I'm new to listening to this group, and it is magnificent. I suspect I'm not sure that I've been 10 days, and it's been absolutely uh, remarkable. I cannot put into words. I am someone who um, sort of isolates, and I have been involved in the program for many years. Absent has been, um, in some ways, elusive, and this has been fantastic. And I, I will not speak for long, but and this may be inappropriate, but I wanted to say, and maybe I have to wait till the end of your time, if anyone has any information of, of I was not able to attend the L.A. Uh, birthday party, and I'm wondering if there's anything that was recorded, and it may not be the appropriate time to ask. 
So I'm happy to wait till after the meeting, but the bottom line is just to say thank you for all of you. The way I begin my day now listening in this program and participating has been fantastic. It's exactly what they're talking about, what we're reading today, and I'm receiving. I thank you all. Uh, thank you so much, Virginia, and uh, I invite you to stay for uh, the second hour, and then there are going to be some sponsors that are going to give out their names and numbers. I encourage you to do that. And also on our website, if you'll register there, we'll have uh, thousands of member names that you can uh, some, get some more information to as well um, and give your name uh, you know, as a newcomer at the beginning of the meeting and leave your number, and people will reach out to you. All right. So uh, thanks, Virginia, for your share. And Lizzie, you're up next. Go ahead Good and unmute. Morning. Good oh, hi, I hear you. Me? Yep. Sorry. Good morning and good afternoon wherever you are in the world. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon here in the UK. Cold, but um, my name is Liz E. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol in the southwest of England, and I'm available for sponsoring to sponsor. The words that stick out for me was succeeded. I feel I have I'm on that road to success and that is a message of hope that I really want to share today for people who are struggling that I have found success um, with this program and particularly tuning in and working with people in this uh, very healthy OA meeting vision for you and um, so that's one thing that stuck out for me and then they're talking about having meetings every day um, and a gathering of men and women happy in their release. And again, I'm coming to meetings every day. And immediately, initially, I thought, what an order. I can't do that. But yes, I, this is a design for living. And this is now how I do my life. And my life goes a lot better. Um, and um, for me, they're interested in a spiritual way of life. This is a spiritual program. And I have to plug in all the time. I have to plug in hourly. Some days it's kind of more, I have to be way more intentional. It doesn't come to me um, intuitively always. Um, and I was hearing somebody say the other day that the most difficult thing is the pausing in the middle of the day. And I completely understand that. And for me, sponsoring is the transformational piece that um, me speaking my truth and sharing my experience, strength and hope is just the thing that really makes uh, the transformation of my recovery come to life. And it's a daily program. And the fellowship available is just astounding. And I will leave it there. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you, Claire. Uh, sorry, uh, that was Liz. Okay. Correct. Here we go. Devorah, you're up next. Devorah S., go ahead and unmute. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Rick, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. 
My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, isn't that what this is all about, where we get out of ourselves and help other people? And that was the furthest thing on my mind when I came into my meeting, my first meeting uh, 22 years ago. Um, I had no idea what I was in for. You know, of course, like everyone says, you know, I came in just, you know, I was fat, I was miserable, and... um, and I was sick and dying, um, and I just wanted to take it out of here. Um, give me the diet, and you know the rest. I'm be- I'm okay. Spiritual spiritual growth. No, I thought I had it all. After all, I grew up in a religious home. I went to a religious school my whole life, so you know I didn't need that. But I kept coming back because why? I heard people talking about that food. They the things that they did with the food. They were talking my language. They were talking the language of the heart, as I said. You know, they were telling my story um, and and talking about how they weren't eating, that the food was not an issue, that the food was down, and they were able to live life and to grow spiritually. And that attracted me. Um, it did. Uh, even though I wasn't looking for the spiritual um, growth, it still attracted me. I had to do both. And I kept coming back and listening and getting abstinent and and working the program. And I'm here today still, all those many years later, and I'm still looking and growing. You know, you know, today I wake up early in the morning and I meditate and I pray, and I um, and I that's how I get ready for the day. In the old days, getting ready for the day was getting up and throwing a load of laundry in and what can I do? Blah blah blah, and running around and you know. But today I wake up with a purpose of, you know, spiritual growth, you know, um, saying, you know, the prayers in this book, um, recommitting myself to, to, to my God and, um, and seeing throughout the day what I can do for others, getting out of myself, not just for people in program, but at my workplace, in my family. Uh, strangers online, you know, I'll run a person in front of me. Oh, you only have a couple of things. Why don't you go ahead of me? It's okay. You know, all these things are gifts that I get while here and while, while I'm learning to grow and I'm hearing from you. That's how I learn. Um, the sharing and, um, you know, I'm just so grateful for every day. There's an opportunity, another opportunity for me to see what God wants from me. And, um, and that is a miracle. That is a miracle. You know, I spend my Sundays, I travel an hour and a half each way to be with my mother, who is 95 years old. And, you know, she wouldn't know whether I was well become or not. And I sit with her and set up, thank you. And I say, Ma, what can I do for you? And she goes, you know what? All I want is a big hug and a kiss. And and that's it. And it's I'm so grateful to be able to be there for her and to, um, and, and that's it, and to give her myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Devorah. And um, take a couple more names, and we'll see where we're at. Who else would like to share? Just a reminder, we are Kathy on page C. 169, the third paragraph. Kathy C? Yes. Okay, Kathy, got you. Anybody else? Stephanie R. Stephanie R. All right, we're going to hold off there, and then... Uh, We'll see where we're at. Go ahead, Kathy, followed by Stephanie R. Kathy, you're up.
Go ahead and unmute Kathy. Thank you. Sorry about that. I was talking. Um, thank you, Rick. Thank you, everybody, for this uh, meeting again. You uh, you are um, saving my life. And again, Kathy C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Montreal, Canada. You know, it, it said from the very beginning, you know, of the big book, before to the first edition, it, it mentions that we would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation, right? It, it's our life purpose now, right? We carry this message to other suffering compulsive overeaters, right? So we gather because there's where they're going to come for help, just like I went there to get help. Um, and someone was there for me. Someone sat there for me. They had literature ready there for me. They gave me this welcome coin. And they, they presented to me, you know, uh, uh, phone numbers. Um, they, they were there. They were present. And I felt a sense of relief, a homecoming. And I cried that first time at the meeting. Um, and it was there that night that this person, this wonderful woman, gave me the phone number of, of a vision for you, this meeting. And this was back in 2013, September. And I called the day later into this phone line. And I haven't, I haven't let go since then. It's been continuous for me, constant for me. And it says throughout the book, uh, you know, that, you know, we, we come from, from a selfishness, self, you know, we're rooted in self-centeredness. So the antidote would be other-centered. Like God-centered, and God helped me become other-centered. I couldn't get this right away. And still today, I struggle. I can still get absorbed in my, in my feelings and not see things as they are. You know, um, I want them as I wish they were, and that's the illusion. So I have to quit playing God, and I actually have to go to God to help me see again, where, where am I missing here? Well, how did I miss the mark today? Why am I separated from you, God, this higher power? So I come back. And then I carry this message to others. In helping others, I help myself. It's beautiful. It's this program that just works um, for the paradoxes, right? When I give, I receive. Um, and yesterday I was doing service on the weekend at a party, at the birthday party. Last year I got to speak. And this year I'm like, you know what? I should give back. Like they were there for me. People who had to like check, the, you know, the patrol, the, the moderators, everything, right? It, 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 it took a village or a country or maybe the world. So that's how I gave back. You know, I was just there enjoying it, loving, and I received so much and um, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to be right here today, right now, amongst you all in the presence of God. So thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Kathy C. Stephanie R., you're up next. Stephanie R., go ahead and unmute. Stephanie R., we can't hear you. Go ahead and unmute. Okay, we seem to have lost Stephanie temporarily. Would anyone else like to share? And then we'll come back and see if we can find Stephanie R. Hi, Donna Kay from Ohio. Go ahead, Donna Kay from Ohio. Oh, super, thanks. Uh, good morning. Um, Donna Kay from Ohio, uh, recovering. Um, um, I have been in and out of the uh, OA rooms uh, since 85, uh, a long time. I've been working the um, 
through the OA meeting, um, a vision for you since March of 2019. Um, I just have to extend a welcome to any newcomers. I'm very grateful for the program guidance um, on this platform. It's been wonderful. Uh, it gives me hope. It gives me hope for recovering. Um, it has been a wonderful experience, and uh, there's a lot of support. And the beginning of this year was, as have the last two and a half years for me, has been very different from any of my earlier Januarys. Um, I was always starting over and excited about a new plan of eating, and, you know, I was going to whip it this time. Well, I don't have to whip anything. <laughs> I have to surrender and have surrendered, and I'm very grateful for the support of this meeting. Um, and the connection, reconnection with my higher power. And um, thank you for letting me share, Rick. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate these meetings in the morning. All right, I'll pass. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Donna Kay. Um, I'm looking for Stephanie R. Are you uh, out there, Stephanie, and want to share? Okay. Well, we seem to have lost Stephanie, um, and we do have time for uh, maybe a couple of two-minute shares if somebody wants those. Sam S. All right, Sam, and who else would like a two-minute share? Pauline M. Pauline? What page are we on? All right, so um, we are homepage 159, the third paragraph. A year and six months later. Go ahead, Sam S., followed by Pauline S. Go ahead, Sam. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for leading. Hi, everybody. I'm Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, yeah, I, I really, I'm really grateful that we have meetings because if it wasn't for meetings, especially in this meeting, a really healthy um, big book-based meeting, I wouldn't hear about the fact that I have a mental problem and that I cannot solve it. Um, and the solution was something that I didn't necessarily want, frankly. The solution is I need to have a relationship with God. And the only way for me to be able to get that is with um, entire abstinence and working the steps. And I didn't really want that solution either. But what I love about meetings and what I've learned about meetings you know, when they started was this like un, unreserved um, need, necess necessity to share that the solution is God. There's no apologizing for that. There's no, um, there's no reservation of that. And it's been my experience that me, Sam S. Rhode Island, and a very unspecial um, person um, was was able to receive this gift. I didn't have a special talent or ability. There wasn't anything unique about me that made me more qualified. Um, it was just finally being beaten down by the food and then letting go and asking for help um, and working, working the steps after being abstinent. And I thank you, God, I have that release and that I can be someone who can be on this line and share the testimony of the power of God because um, that's, that's all it is. So I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to be here, grateful for the wisdom I got in the beginning to just, you know, 
take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth and listen and just learn and then get the help, seek it and take the action I could. So grateful to be here. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you so much, Sam. Ask Pauline S. You're up. Go ahead and Hey, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for the meeting. I'm Colleen with a C, and my middle initial or last initial is an M, is a Mary. I'm from Maryland. And uh, as always, very grateful for this meeting and my recovery and what I've learned here. And what came to me this morning listening is. Uh, Oh, I loved I loved a pity party. I love to be the victim. And I'm learning through this program and, and the teachings and my higher power that that's not necessary anymore. And um, it, I thought about it in the big book where it talks about, you know, many of us would not mix um, had we not had this common problem. And uh, I, like many have said, when I went into a room of uh, a 12-step room, I always felt like I was home and the language of the heart. And, and that's what I want to be able to present today is a, a message of depth and weight. And it is about finding that spiritual connection. And it is an inside job. I was constantly looking outside myself for a solution. And um, and the more I do this, the more I know that, that I need to keep going inward. That's where my higher power lives. And that's where the change happens. And uh, just wanted to say thank you, everyone, for uh, for being here. And I'm, I'd love to be a part of this. And that I'll pass. Thank you, Pauline. Um, we do have time for uh, another quick share if someone would uh, would like to, to jump in there and take us out. This is a great opportunity to share if you haven't Mary shared Lee before. What was your name again? Mary Lee R. in Oregon. All right, Mary Lee, go ahead. You're, you're good to go, and I'll uh, I'll stop you in a minute or so. Mary Lee, uh, we can't hear you, so you'll need to unmute. about now <laughs> i hear you go ahead life is a series of muting and unmuting i've learned that in this um in this vision for you and i'm just so grateful for all the people and the giants that have gone before me and have been willing to share their experience strength and hope and that it did you say times uh no Oh, well, okay. Um, I, I'm just just grateful. I'm grateful to be on this path and find this spiritual experience and, um, and for the people that have been willing to share with me. And I haven't gotten up this early in two years. I always listen to the recorded meeting because I'm on the West Coast. And um, I was tired at 7.30 last night, and I woke up at um, 4.30 this morning, and it just feels like coming home again. So thank you again for your service and your willingness to be of service, and I'll pass. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking us out. Um, and just a quick uh, reminder for uh, Virginia T., uh, stay 
with us, and you'll have a chance to give your name and number for the newcomer greeter coming up here in just a little bit. All righty. So um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, January 17th, 2022, is 18,415. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy S. please read A Vision for You? Thanks, Rick. This is Kathy Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will just constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.